You're listening to the Texian Review, a podcast with ideas as big as Texas. I'm Kate. I'm Evie. And thanks for listening in. So today we're going to spend some time with our guest, who is kind of not a guest. She's part of the family. Lindsay is actually, actually, no, Lindsay, tell us about you. I was busy taking a photo because you know what I do? I do everything behind the scenes. I'm the marketing director for Texian Books, as well as many of the other companies in the family. And I'm often sneaking around behind people taking photos. And that's why I was late to the microphone. I was taking a photo and I got a little absorbed in it. So apologies, everyone. But the photo will be fantastic. And make sure you like it on our social media. But anyway, today we have brought Lindsay and then... Evie's here with me, as always. As always. And we're going to be talking about the wonderful woman, a person who I think represents Texas, a, a true Texas woman. Almost, I guess, can you call her? What's a lady, a gentlewoman? A dame. Yes. Yeah, good word. Barbara Bush. I mean, you don't, they don't make people like that anymore. She's just a force to be reckoned with. I think that aptly describes Barbara Bush and... Since her passing, there have been several books released about her, but the one we're going to talk about today is called Pearls of Wisdom, and they are snippets of advice and compilations of things that she shared with friends and family about what's important and meaningful in life and what's important and meaningful in an American life. And I think that's really, really neat. Not only was she, you know, a first lady but then she was also the mom of a president the wife and the mother of a president and that's only happened two times in history and that would be abigail adams and barbara bush and yes thank you (laughs) i actually have you sign you up for jeopardy if if all the themes were Barbara Bush, um, <laughs> literacy, the Supreme Court, <laughs> the Supreme Court, yeah. my nerdy topics. But no, that that has only happened two times in history, and and for that reason, I do think that Barbara Bush does have some pearls of wisdom to share with people. And this is coming up on election week, and we thought this would be a really convenient time to do this podcast because I think there are a lot of pieces of wisdom that Barbara Bush has left us with that help will help us navigate a week that maybe is a little more contentious than normal and to appreciate the really wonderful system that we do have in place in this country. Yeah, if anything, she's such an American treasure and everything she does is with dignity, with grace. She always did everything in love and in kindness and it's such a time of heated tension that we've had lately. We really need to just like channel our Barbara Bush vibes and embrace that love and kindness for everyone else. And we're hoping that it would bring you guys some peace today just to think on these wonderful things. Right, so let's dig into the book. My favorite thing about this book is that the chapters are broken up into basically the things that are important to a good life for anybody. And so the first chapter is family, and then it's closely followed by friends. And the Bushes were just absolutely infamous for the importance that they placed on friends and the number of friends that they had, which was a huge amount. 
Um, and then there are other things in the book as well that are really important. So Lindsay, what was your favorite chapter of the book? What, what were the themes that really stood out to you? I really liked the first chapter, which was called family first. It set the tone for the entire book because when you look at her life, um, in and out of the political scene, everything had to do with family and with loving those around her and setting and all of her actions set an example to try to help raise her family to become good citizens like that. And so there are so many wonderful nuggets. Like you get a lot of the cute little oddities where she would give people tips like, make sure you hang your towels to dry and only use them twice, stuff like that that are adorable. You could just hear her grandmotherly voice saying that to the bigger pearls of wisdom that will really shape your character. Um, One of my favorites is where she said to keep things in perspective, to stay focused and always remember your faith, family, and friends. And I feel like that is the core of who she is. So that sets the tone for the book. It's a great chapter to start everything with. Yeah. And I think a really good reminder for this coming week about what is important. My favorite chapter of the book I don't think this will really surprise anybody. (laughs) It's the one about the importance of reading. And she had a couple of really good snippets from the book that I actually uh, would like to share with people. And I think this one's kind of funny, but it's, it's about bringing reading into your life and really integrating it into your life and into your home. And when you do that, it doesn't just benefit you. It benefits your children. It benefits your spouse, your friends, the people who come into your home and the people that you share your life with. And I thought this was a really funny and kind of poignant remark. Don't forget to turn off the TV once in a while. For the United States, the average kindergartner student, kindergarten student has seen more than 5,000 hours of television. That's more time than it takes to earn a college degree. Jeez. And, you know, when she was speaking this, yeah. this, is a, this is an excerpt from a speech that happened in the 90s. Today, that's probably way more than 5,000 hours because of the prevalence of tablets and smartphones. Right. And oh. when you think about that, by the time a child is five years old, they have spent more time watching something on a device than they will likely spend earning their future college degree and reading text and reading some of the great works of history, culture, literature, civilization. That is maybe something that should give us a little pause. Not to mention video games. Throw those in there too. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And yeah, we love to relax and just like put our minds on vacation mode. Like all of us here read voraciously, but I love my Netflix just as much too. Mm-hmm. And so like, don't think of it as, oh, I have to sacrifice the things I love, Hulu, Netflix, Xbox, whatever. But all good things in moderation. That was another pearl of wisdom from her. And we don't need to be binge watching things all the time and turning our brains to mush. Um, and if you live your life in moderation, maybe shave off 20 minutes, like don't watch that Mm -hmm. next episode and spend 30 or so minutes reading. That's 30 minutes you spent to improve yourself. Um, so you can have it all just pick and choose where and when. Yeah. Kind of like how now people really practice like mindful living, like like really know, you know, know what you're doing, why you're doing it. Are you doing it for a reason? Are you doing it for absolutely no reason? Because I think that's also necessary. It's the same with, I guess, mindful eating. It's all, it's, it's all the same, right? It's all akin. Who knows? <laughs> I do think that that everything in moderation is really good. And again, can be uh, relevant to this week ahead that yes, watching the news is important. Knowing what's going on is important. Watching the election returns is important. 
but so are a lot of other things. You know, that's just something that, like your family, like your friends, like reading a good book. I mean, there are many, many, many other important things to living a good life. And, you know, one of the things that people have been talking about with this election is they've been talking about it in these very extreme terms. And the the thing that I really want to convey to people is that whatever happens on November 3rd, on November 4th, it's all going to be okay, right? It, It historically has been, it will continue to be because of the amazing sacrifices that people like George H.W. Bush, Barbara Bush's husband, her son, George W. Bush, and many others have made along the way to establish this wonderful country that we do have and the systems that we have in place. And so I think that it's okay to take a breath. I know that there is very contentious, you know, people who are supporting Trump are really on that Trump train. And then, you know, the Biden supporters are strongly riding with Biden. And there's not a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram these days. But maybe if we took a step back and maybe if we focused on the chapters of this book on family, on friends, on education, yes, education, because chapter three of the book is about her relationship to America's students at Mm -hmm. all levels, all the way from preschool, all the way uh, up to college and graduate school. And in one line, she even had a funny joke that it's actually extremely courageous to return to education after being away from it for so long and, or, or having not had the opportunity to even have enough of an education in the first place. It really kind of depends on, on who you are and what your circumstances are. But she had a funny joke in there uh, when she was talking. Actually, I think it was out in um, El Paso, I want to say. And she was talking to a literacy council. And she said, I even know of a 60-year-old man named George, who, of course, was her husband, the 41st president of the United States, who has decided to go back to school so he could become literate um, in the world of the burgeoning world at the time of computers. So I think they're, yeah, the takeaway is that there's something that all of us can be learning all of the time. And so if you are really concerned and feel very nervous or frustrated with this election cycle, um, that's certainly understandable, but I'd really encourage you to open a book like this one or open a book that really can explain our processes to you. And so you can maybe take some comfort in that, that we, we have this wonderful electoral system. We have a wonderful republic that is worth learning more about. And I think that Mrs. Bush would be all about that. I think she would, I think she would also encourage us to, I think it's very important to stay informed and, you know, especially with everything going on and the election and, you know, we are kind of glued to whether it, whether, you know, you're a Twitter person or you're constantly watching the news, but I think it's okay to turn it off and focus on, you know, the things she mentions in her book, like family and, you know, just take a step back, take a breather because it's going to be okay. It is. It, um, it's really easy to get anxious. Well, actually, it's easy for the media to wh- whip up our anxiety during all of this. And one of the best um, little bits of wisdom that I've lived my life by is our greatest fears often go unrealized. And if you just kind of talk yourself down off of that ledge, so to say, life is going to be okay, like you said. So take some time, pick up this book. I think that this is a great book for someone with a really busy life, because the way it's broken up, um, like with chapter one on family, 
there's an introduction, but every single immediate member of her family wrote their own letter about the pearls of wisdom that they remember. So it starts with something from George W., then Jeb, and on and on. And so you can easily read one little letter in less than five minutes. And so if you're the kind of person who maybe wants to throw a book in your car and capture a few minutes while you're waiting to pick up your kid from school, or um, if you're waiting to pick up food that you're going to take home, this is a great little book to just fit in those nuggets and edify your life. Absolutely. And in the process, I think we can learn something about um, a topic that I'm obviously very passionate about, which is literacy. And the reason Mrs. Bush picked up literacy as her platform as both second lady, which she was from 1980 to 1988 in the Reagan administration, and then subsequently in her husband's administration from 1980, 1988, excuse me, to 1992, was because it's really a hidden problem. It's not something that we think about in our culture and our society very much. And she has a quote in the book that says, illiteracy was a hidden problem for millions of Americans. It would have stayed hidden even though we have known for many years that literacy is the fiber of thriving families and communities and the key to future generations. And I, I think that's really true. If you aren't comfortable with the word, with the language that we speak, with communication, your basic needs and desires in life become increasingly hard to meet because you can't communicate them to other people. There's a dignity um, that you get when you are able to communicate with the written word. And it kind of ties back to Barbara Bush's own character. She's about living that dignified, moderated, very well thought out life. And to give someone the gift of reading is a gift that it's like teaching a man to fish and he can fish for the rest of his life. Absolutely. It allows you to pursue so many avenues, pursue so many lives just from your own space and time. I mean, Lindsay and I live in Beeville, Texas, population 13,000, but you can travel the world through a book. Oh, we do that. We do that here in Victoria, Texas too. And you can even do it in Victoria, Texas too. We like to book travel here too. That's kind of a fun little mini conversation. (laughs) Like where was the last place you traveled when you read a book? Okay, the last place I traveled when I read a book was to the Trump administration. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Lindsay? (laughs) I went to 1920s Italy. Wait, what book was that? Oh, Rebecca. Oh, oh, I guess I read that too. I guess I was there too. Kate Kate didn't go on that book travel. Kate was not about that. I read it. It was fine. Yeah. That's all I can say. Where did you go? Beautifully written. Where was your last uh, literary vacation? My last, Mike. I'm not going to say what Lindsay said, because yes, we read that book in our book club. Yes. It was fine again, (laughs) but I actually am currently reading where the crawdads sing. So I'm like back in 1950s, 60s, North Carolina, which is great. I mean, I'm, so my family's from like, we're like Alabama kind of Southern. And so they just keep talking about grits in this book and I just can't get enough of it. So yeah, no, I'm definitely transported. Makes me hungry. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, but literacy is so important because it provides that communication. It provides an avenue to expand your mind. It gives you ideas. It inspires you. It gets you to think about something other than yourself and other than your immediate circumstance, which, again, is so important, especially right now, to really have a much bigger picture about what is going on. And there really is just something for everybody to read. And in doing that, you shape your own character. You start forming your soul. And that affects not just you, but generations of your family down the line. And Mrs. Bush uh, talks a lot about this in this book. 
the snippets that we've collected from her about literacy being the key to the success of future generations. And I think that's very true on the family level, on the town level, and certainly true for our country as well. Yeah, haven't actually, you've done a lot of research on this as a parent. Like, hasn't it um, been proven by science that when you actively read with your child, you are predisposing them to a life of wanting to read, being comfortable with the written word, it just prepares them for success. Yeah, absolutely. So in our, our little fine Hamlin of Beville, actually in the window right now in the public library, there's a push to get children before they start kindergarten to read, I want to say it's like 500 books. And they have like these printed sheets all printed out to say that, you know, if, if you accomplish that, your kid will have been exposed to something like I don't, like half a million more words than a kid who doesn't get wow. read to them. I mean, just think about the academic implications of that and then how those ac- academic implications translate into overall life implications. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a really critical feature and one that goes under-talked about. And, you know, the whole point of this podcast is to talk specifically about Texas. And so the, the Barbara Bush... Literacy Foundation, which I don't think that's actually the correct title. Lindsay will give you the correct <laughs> the title. Barbara in a second. Bush Foundation for Family Literacy. There yeah, you that's go. like in our backyard uh, in Houston. So it's a fantastic institution. I recommend any of you guys, when you catch a minute, go to their website, browse around, browse around, excuse me. They have really great stats and figures that really put things into perspective. Like I knew that literacy was an issue and I'm aware of adult literacy um, nonprofits around here in Victoria. We have the Victoria Adult Literacy Council. And so I know knew that it was an issue, but it wasn't until I really started digging into this that I saw how huge it was. And the Barbara Bush Foundation for Family Literacy breaks it down per state. And so we're going to focus on Texas here. And Texas is actually one of the worse off, I should say, as far as literacy goes. Texas and California both had a lot of the dark blue, did not look good. And right now, Texas is uh, 28.2% of adults in Texas have low literacy. That's five in eight counties in Texas that have populations where 25% or more of the residents have below basic literacy. Like that's staggering when you think Mm -hmm. about it. Especially in 2020. Right. That's, that is crazy to me. Right. I mean, how many initiatives have there been on the state level to get kids in particular to read more? But I, I think that one of the things that really goes missed here is that a lot of these are adults. Right. And, and by the mm-hmm. time you're out of the school system, there's often not a lot of resources for you to address this problem. But as someone who just, you know, graduated college a couple of years ago, I, I had a very love hate relationship with reading for a very long time because, you know, you you're forced to read books. So that kind of takes the fun out of it yeah. in school. And so for a long time, I was like, I don't want to read books. And I kind of had to fall back in love with reading. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe schools showing kids like, hey, read this book, but not because of these reasons, not because you were forced to, you know, I don't think it's shown to them in a way that I think people want to keep reading and further themselves. Do you remember how you regrew your love of learning? Like, did you set your mind to it? Like, Hey, a lot of people love reading. There must be something to it. I'm going to read more and try, or what made you decide to try to, to turn that? So as a kid, I went to private school and we did, you know, we would have to read you know, copious amounts of books and we would have to annotate them. And it turned in, reading turned into such a job that when I got into high school, I, we still had Hastings here, you know, 
not but period. now we have texting yep. hey. we do <laughs> i know back in the day um but anyway, yeah, I realized that to get, fall back in love with reading, I had to go find, you're going to laugh at me. I had to go find romance novels. But back then I was, you know, I was in high school. So they weren't, you know, they were like, oh, we went to summer camp. It was and, like Hallmark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and I kind of realized that reading can be more than just, you know, being forced to read something like Across Five Aprils or The Crucible. Granted, The Crucible's really good now that I'm an adult. But yeah, from there and now... I love reading, but I think it needs to be brought to all kinds of people in different ways because I don't think I'm a big proponent of nobody learns the same way. So I don't think things should be shown to people yeah, all the same way. Well, and one of the things that really breaks my heart too, and in digging into some of these stats is that the more predominant um, socio and cultural groups who are affected by this are the high risk communities. Um, so a lot of the black communities, Hispanic uh, communities, those who have um, disadvantages when it comes to um, education, health resources, wealth, like those are the communities that are hurting the most and really could benefit from literacy programs. And so I think a really great thing as we start to get closer into the holidays, turn your mind and your heart, like pull a Barbara Bush and look to see what you can do to make your community better. Like if you're frustrated by the election, don't take it out as far as anger or being a keyboard warrior on Facebook, actively do something in the community. Maybe go out there and volunteer and read with um, kids at a school or go to volunteer at the library or donate to the Barbara Bush Foundation for Family Literacy. Even better, if you're in Victoria, you can donate to the Victoria Adult Literacy Council. And actually, if any of you have been into Texian books, we have an awesome mural on our wall. It is beautiful. And so we are actually having these made into t-shirts and a portion of our proceeds for these t-shirts will go to the Victoria Adult Literacy Council because we want to give back to our community and help grow literacy in Victoria. Absolutely. And I think a great way to wrap up this segment of what we're talking about with Pearls of Wisdom, which is available for sale at Texian Books, your local bookstore, <laughs> your local independent bookstore, is to say that if you are frustrated about regarding what you see on television coming into this week and and the election and, and no matter what side you're on you know roughly half the country will be disappointed then you know learn something and apply yourself to something and then you know get involved in the process and that might even include running for office yourself like Lindsay said it's it's not time to be a keyboard warrior it's time to actually learn something of value and substance and bring that back to your community so that you can make a difference. And I think the end of the chapter on literacy in Pearls of Wisdom is summed up by saying, Mrs. Bush despised ignorance. She despised it because she knew it was wrong. And if you loved her and what she represented, you'll go out and get a book and you will read it. You will turn off that TV and pay attention and cut the tweeting, and cut the Facebook chatter, and all the other nonsense. And you will get busy doing what Barbara Bush spent most of her life doing. You will fight ignorance, you will learn to love, and in doing so, you will do what she did. You will change the world. I think that's a great thought to leave us with on this election week. Absolutely. So take a deep breath. Everything will be okay. If you do it the Barbara Bush way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I did it. Anyway, I'm excited for y'all's next episode. Planned. So thank you so much for joining us today, Lindsay. Thanks. Look forward to next time, too. We'll look for your really 
fun artsy pictures on all social media. <laughs> and if you are reading a great book that, you know, has to do with an election or the election or, you know, anything along these lines, tag us in it. We want to see what you're doing. Absolutely. Thanks. And don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. And yeah. send us messages through social media. Let us so know what you want us to talk about. Absolutely. And comment. If you have comments about what we talked about today, we would love to have uh, community input and feedback. Yeah. And I mean, I would love to hear y'all, if y'all have a whole bunch of different Texas books that are near and dear to y- your heart, you want us to know about them. I, I would, I like to learn. I, I want to hear it. I can also, fun fact, if there is a book you want, I can order it for you at the bookstore on the corner of Santa Rosa and Maine, downtown Victoria. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Texan Review. 